Yeah. 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 Chrome hearts at the Caesar's Palace. I was a sneaker savage, undefeated baggage. K-Bar, you can be established. A 230s, that's 69s, you can eat a salad. And we're back, ladies and gentlemen. It's Monday, back on a Monday. Might be the last time on a Monday. It's the back-to-school edition of Mano a Mano Live. All right, it's me, it's Kenny T. Kenny, how's it going, fam? Good, bro. Can't complain. We are here. We are back. Had some good boxing on Sunday. Had a little bit of boxing Saturday. We coming to you with the good energy. We missed a week. Woo! And that's not that 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 woo right there. That that's not your boy, the Blair Flair. That's not that's not who we talking about. No, absolutely not. We're talking about mano a mano. We're talking boxing. We're talking championship boxing. We're talking the heavyweight division. We're talking about the heavyweight championship of the world all right we got big news about that literally news that just dropped kenny in the past few minutes all right and we're gonna dive right into that first things first i gotta let people know uh that i appreciate you all right if you're joining us hit the like button all right if you're not subscribed make sure you subscribe to the channel all right we already got the go mario p up in the heezy we got boxing pound for pound jack up in here we got colabello up in here with us and we're gonna keep things rolling all right and right after the show all right we got a little members only stream that i'm gonna do for all of the members i appreciate the members if you're not a member consider a membership and if you're just rocking out with us just do me a favor again and hit the like button so look uh, before we get into what happened over the course of the weekend, and there were a couple cards, Kenny. We had Gallo Estrada taking on Cortez in his hometown in Mexico. We had Andy Ruiz Jr. taking on Luis King Kong Ortiz at the Crypto.com Arena in Los Angeles, California. But as is typically the case when it comes to the sport of boxing, uh, there's a certain gentleman, Kenny, he go by the name of the Gypsy King, Tyson Fury, that seems to be able to stay up in the headlines. And look, uh, I got up this morning, Kenny, and the first thing I saw when I got up was this video by uh, the Gypsy King, courtesy of my brother at Boxing King Media. I do a lot of Stuff with Boxing King Media. Shout out to him. Let everybody here know that they got to make sure they check it out. This was the video, Kenny. Let's take a look, listen, and we'll talk about it. Let's go. Can't hear. Alter the volume just a bit. As you can tell. There we go. Hey, Tyson Fury here, a.k.a. the Gypsy King, the WBC heavyweight champion of the world, as you can tell. Um, I think you've all heard that I'm going to be fighting. Uh, I so want to punch him already. And... I think that before I announce an opponent, I need to do this just in case. Anthony Joshua, I know you've just lost a fight to Usyk and you're boundless at the moment. Um, and I'd like to give you an opportunity to fight me for the WBC Heavyweight Championship of the World and the Lineal Championship 
in the next few months. You're coming off a 12-round fight, so you're match fit, you're ready. Um, I'm giving you a few months' notice. Uh, if you're interested, I'll send you the date over and we can rumble. A battle of Britain for the WBC Heavyweight Championship of the world. Let me know if you're interested. If not, I will select another opponent. Thank you very much and good night. Boom. It was actually some good... Tra- it wasn't even trash talk. It was a good, decent, honorable message. Like I, a gentleman, not like not, not like a dosser. I, I agree, Kenny. Uh, to me, that came across as like yeah. pretty low-key. You know, nothing too braggadocious. Uh, seemed like it was a legit olive branch, if we're going to say so. Who knew that the Gypsy King was such a humble, you know, and gracious... You know, and beloved, benevolent monarch. Let's stop it. Let's Who stop knew? it. <laughs> that the Gypsy King was so gracious. All right, if only, if only Queen Elizabeth II and the rest of the royals were were that gracious, Kenny, as the Gypsy King. But then I was thinking to myself today, right, Kenny? I was saying to myself, you know, this ain't such a bad idea, right? Because nah. on the one hand, AJ's management aj's promotional team has made it clear that they are looking for a december fight that he's going to be back in december right Usyk has made it clear that he's not going to be available to fight in december because he says he's got injuries he wants to spend time with his family right and he's not going to be ready for the end of the year so why why, why not right if you're aj would you not want to get right back into big time boxing, Kenny? What What are your thoughts? Shit, if I'm AJ, I'm hopping right into that fight. One thing that you had to say about Anthony Joshua is that he doesn't run from the big fights. Yes, if he has a you know something that could be an easy nod and something that could be a hard nod, he may take the easier nod first, like Carlos Takam, Joseph Parker, around those times. He probably you know Joseph Parker he probably should have taken first. I don't know if he should have ever fought Carlos Takam, but I digress. Uh, um. I do think that he should take the fight. He doesn't run from big fights. Uh, he, at, at this point, he should not be afraid to lose. You've lost twice, and they've both been big fights, and it's okay to lose. You win some, you lose some. Look, when you lose, you learn how to win. You learn from your mistakes. You learn what you did wrong, and you don't do it again, and you become better. So I, if I was him, I'd go I'd go at T- Tyson Fury like a speeding train, bro, like a speeding freight train. I'd go at Tyson Fury because there's no shame in losing to one of the greatest heavyweight boxers of all time. There's no shame in losing to Usyk. There's no shame in losing to Andy Ruiz. You're losing to top dogs. You're not losing to shit fighters. Go take that fight. Go make that big bread. But I do have to say, on uh, from Tyson Fury's side, it does sound a little bit like a cop-out, right? Because I've been saying from the beginning, I think Tyson Fury is afraid to fight Usyk. He's been talking. First, he retired. Then he came back talking shit, trying to stay in the limelight. But he's been staying in the limelight by trash talking. So I just feel that that Tyson Fury doesn't want any parts of Usyk because Usyk is a smaller man. And losing to a smaller man when you're so goddamn big, uh, you know, nobody wants to do that. That's why it was such a big shame for Anthony Joshua to lose to Usyk to begin with. But Usyk's skills are so goddamn respectable that you can't really say, oh, Anthony Joshua, you suck or you didn't do that great because Usyk is a great. And I think that Tyson Fury needs to get off of that if that is what he's on, and he does need to go ahead and really stop the trash talk to the media and stop saying that he may not fight Usyk. You have to fight Usyk. Before, the fight that Tyson Fury needed was Anthony Joshua. 
and he didn't take it when the, the time was there. He didn't take it. Now the fight that Tyson Fury needs is no longer Anthony Joshua. It's Usyk now. You know what I'm saying? But yes, AJ should take that fight in December, and they should both go towards each other like full steam rolling trains. But what if Usyk's not ready? And you know, what if he's not not available for December? I mean, if you're Tyson Fury, surely you want to stay busy, right? And if I'm Tyson Fury, I'm looking at really two names right now. I'm looking at AJ because it's a big fight with a lot of UK bragging rights on the line. AJ's still a big star in the sport. He's a former unified champion of the world. This would be the one belt that he's never held, right? Well, along with the Ring Magazine belt, if you if you count that. But of the sanctioning organizations, this is the one belt he's never held. And, you know, if I'm Fury, I don't really want to just wait around, you know. And then, you know, Nganu can't fight. Apparently, he tore an ACL, right? I don't think people are going to really rate him if he does the WWE thing again. Uh, by the way, he was out there at the WWE event, a big event out in, in the UK this past weekend and, and tore the house down with a couple, uh, you know, uh, big moments, viral moments there in, in that in that universe. So it kind of makes sense. I was on a show earlier today on the Undefeated podcast. Shout out to Trav and KG. They didn't think it would happen. They didn't think it was a good idea. Now, before I get to Anthony... They didn't, they, they didn't think what was a good idea. Uh, AJ taking on this fight. They actually thought that it's bad for him right now, that he's not going to be ready. But my whole thing is... What are you going to do? What's the point of taking on a quote-unquote top 15 opponent if you're AJ? You want to be in the limelight. You want to be in meaningful fights at the top of the heavyweight division, right? Now, you you lost to Usyk twice. There's another belt out there. It's actually a Brit. He goes by the name of the Gypsy King Tyson Fury. This is the next, next best possible thing. Now, before I get to, to the response, let, let me get to, uh, to the super chat real quick. All right, salute to Chauncey Pearls. He says, good to see you all back. Salute to the big homie, Kenny T, and the professor himself, Maestro. Thank you so much. It is good to be back. Uh, and we'll let people know about our new time and new date within the week. We're not going to be doing Monday shows anymore. You know, I'm no longer teaching uh, where I used to teach. I'm no longer teaching remotely, so... Getting back home where, where I currently am staying right now for, for 6 p.m. on a Monday is going to be difficult. But enough of that extra information. And let me get to the response from AJ himself because he did actually respond to this. Uh, before you do that. Yeah, go for it. Before you go to AJ's response. <clears throat> I do have to say that I do think uh, uh, the gentlemen from the Undefeated podcast, since they're from the UK, are are kind of fans of AJ, and they don't want to see him do any worse than he's already done. They want to see him do better, so they probably think that he needs a tune-up fight. If you're going to put AJ in a tune-up fight and not fight Tyson Fury, then that tune-up fight still has to be against top 10 opposition, i.e. Andy Ruiz, i.e. Luis Ortiz, i.e. Joseph Parker. You understand? Like, like I don't think his tune-ups need to be like a Takam, who's way out the picture, or like a Kavnaski, who just got beat by Hellenius twice. You know, like, he needs a proper level of tune-up if he's going to go for tune-up. Well, I don't disagree with you, Kenny. So why don't we do this before we get to AJ's response? Why don't we look at the official rankings in the heavyweight division? And, I mean, we'll just look at the other, if not Fury, then who, right? Let's look at the at the potential over there, and we'll, we'll see what people think. 
Because what I think you'll see, if you're listening to a guy like Eddie Hearn, who's a great promoter and has AJ's interest at heart, that may not align with your interests as a fan, right? That may not align with what you want to see uh, in terms of, a, of an AJ opponent. And again, when Eddie Hearn says top 15 opponent, that doesn't mean one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. We're really talking 11 through through 15. Can we agree on that, Kenny? So nah, I'm, looking, I'm looking for top 10. Fuck that. I don't want no 11 through 15. No, 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 no. But they're saying top 15. So when you look at the names, we got Bacoli. No. Uh, we've got uh, Kasobutsky, Michael nope. Hunter, nope. Uh, Philip Hergovich, although he's ranked in the top five in, in another sanctioning uh, by. We got Derek Chisora, right? No, we no. Kabayel, Otto Waleen. Kevin Lerena, Jarrell Miller. I don't know how he got back in the top 15. He ain't for nobody. Ivan Ditchko. Okay, we've got uh, uh, Dillian White, uh, Dempsey mm-hmm. McKean, another Brit, Charles Martin, who got a win over the weekend, Zilai Zhang, who a lot of people felt beat Hergovich. And uh, we've got Jermaine Franklin, and we've got Vladislav Shirenko. Like, I'm sorry, but... A fight with the Gypsy King, at least to me, call me crazy, seems much more appetizing than that. Kenny? I wholeheartedly agree with you. If I want to see him against anybody, is uh not even top 10 dudes. More like top eight, top seven. You know what I'm saying? Like, he can't be. Bro, you were the champ that held three belts. You just lost them two fights ago. You did a rematch against the dude that you lost them against. What, you're going to go to fighting scrubs now? Then no. no. It's not respectable. It's not acceptable. I understand the whole tune-up talk. Put him in a tune-up fight against somebody who's going to get him better. Put him against Luis Ortiz, who actually I thought looked amazing yesterday, who is also a left-handed fighter who he says he has trouble against. And maybe that will prepare him for an Usyk 3 fight. Because I tell you, I guarantee you there's going to be an Usyk 3 fight a couple years down the line if Usyk hasn't retired. I think it's going to be more than a couple. It's going to be like Roy Jones <clears throat> against uh, uh, um, Roy Jones against Mike Tyson, maybe when they're both in their 50s. <laughs> but let, let, let's get to AJ's comment. Let's not let's not skirt around this anymore. Let's get right to what the big man Anthony AJ Joshua said in response. And this dropped on Instagram, and I'm bringing it up here courtesy of Fight Hype. All the guys over there at Fight Hype. Let's check it out. So you know you see the call out there by by. By Tyson Fury. And uh, what you're going to see here is the response by AJ. Uh, You know, Fury says he's got the date. He's got the venue. uh, Who will rule Britannia? And AJ's response is right here. He says, yeah, calm down. I don't Mm -hmm. do online discussions just for clout. So if you're really about it, shout 258 Management I'll be ready in December. Kalas, which is Arabic. I guess AJ's doing the Arabic thing right now, which makes pretty much just means stop, you know, through the back and forth here on social media. And let's get straight to talking about the serious business contract stuff about the fight. Kenny. 
Hey, I'm I'm with although the, although I don't like the 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 feeling that this message here gives off, I am fully with that message because Tyson Fury is a social media clown. He talks too much shit in social media. That's how he stayed relevant. Matter of fact, nobody would give a damn about Tyson Fury or be talking about Tyson Fury if it wasn't for all the media stunts he's pulled out lately. First, it was retirement. Everybody was talking about him retiring. Then it was, oh, I'm coming back from retirement. Then he relinquished the belts. Oh, I gave the belts up so Usyk and Joshua could fight for it. So they, I have a reason to get them back and be a three-time, three-time champion. And all his trash talk. Bro, his social media trash talk is the only reason why he's relevant. I'm with AJ on this one. Shut the fuck up. And let's go sign that contract. And then we could talk shit on social media. Until then, shut the fuck up because you're just a clown talking shit on social media. I'm not going to entertain it. Like, I'm 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 gonna do like Usyk. Usyk doesn't even respond to to Fury shit. You mean by Fury? You mean the lineal heavyweight championship fighter that he is the the lineal dosser. <laughs> look, uh, I think it's a smart play from from Fury too because this might actually be a more lucrative fight than the Usyk fight. I mean. AJ's clearly able to get that Saudi Arabia money, right? They staged this in Saudi Arabia. They, split, they love him. Right? I'm assuming Usyk, I'm, sorry, I'm assuming Fury would get the lion's share of it, right? And why not? No. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I don't it's think... 60-40. Oh, that's the lion's share. You know, that's a lot. I mean, when you say the lion's share, I think like 80-20, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I think it probably, I think 60 40 is about right. Maybe, you know, maybe, uh, maybe even 75 25. You never Damn. know. Damn. You know? Damn. So he's going to Dillian White him? I mean, he is. No, Dillian White, I don't think he even got that. I, I, <laughs> at the end of the day, AJ is coming off of losing three of his last five fights, right? Three of his last five fights have been losses. So he will have to humble himself a little bit, especially if he does want to jump right back into the heavyweight picture. So, you know, I, 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 I like it. I, I'd rather see this than see Fury versus somebody else in December, considering Usyk isn't ready to fight in December. And I'd definitely rather see this than see AJ against some top, quote-unquote, 15 fighter, which means not top 10 fighter. Let's keep it real. Um, like, like, like Eddie Hearn and, and some of the people around him have been, have been um, stated. So I'm good with this, and I'm I'm really hoping to see this. Yeah, this is kind of where I land uh, boxing pound for pound, Jack. 70-30 is respectable, uh, and a rematch clause. <laughs> well, AJ does get the rematch clauses usually, but I don't think he'll be able to demand one um, in this fight. I mean, he is not defending any titles here. So I'm good with that. Uh, are you ready to talk about the rest of the heavyweight division, starting with the fight last night, Kenny? Yeah, man, definitely. I love uh um I love Deontay Wilder's mentality. Uh he's still similar, but it seems like he's come back with a slightly stronger mental than before regarding who he's trying to fight and the route he's trying to take. Before he was known for fighting truck drivers and then fighting a couple of good guys at the end of the truck driver run. He ain't trying to fight truck drivers no more. He's trying to fight uh, Hellenius, and then he said Andy Ruiz after. 
uh based off the conversation yesterday but yeah let's let let i guess respond to that and then we can hop into andy ruiz because i'm bro deontay wilder i get his 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 feel it seems different his training tapes seem different his focus seems different he's not he's not over here just foolishly believing in himself it seems like he's putting in that work and like he got that strong mental now that's that dk that ayahuasca shit that, <laughs> that he was taking <laughs> there, there you go look a uh, couple uh things to note on the undercard of ruiz ortiz uh i think we should mention the Isaac cruz win all yes, right sir. uh he got he got that w he did look spectacular although it kind of was against against lower li- uh level opposition in terms of Eduardo Ramirez who was moving up from 130 I believe to 135 and didn't really do all that much at 135 but you fight who's in front of you and you do what you need to do against who's in front of you and Isaac Cruz blasted dude out uh I actually don't think they needed to continue that fight after the first brutal knockdown but they let it go a little bit longer and uh he then got brutally knocked out so there was that uh Raisa Salim, 122-pound fighter, he got the W on the undercard uh, against the, uh, the the Filipino fighter that he fought. Um, shoot, his name escapes me at the top of my head. I'll remember it in, in, in a moment. Um, and immediately after, he called out uh, Fulton Jr., all right? Um, to, to quote him, he says, it's time for scared boy Fulton Jr. to come out of hiding and sign the contract. Um, this was after he beat Mike Plania, uh, looking at my notes over here again, Mike Plania out of the Philippines. It was a one-sided fight. Uh, Plania was competitive, but I don't really think he won many rounds, honestly. Um, so there's that. Uh, any thoughts on Raisa Salim, Kenny, and, and a potential for him against Stephen Fulton Jr.? Should Fulton Jr. not get the Akmagdalia fight? Raiz Salim don't want that smoke. You can talk and say what you want. That that's that's bad business for Raiz Salim. Cool boy Steph runs over that. Raiz Salim ain't ready. That's my thoughts. Yeah, but Raiz Salim better be ready though because he in he's his, old. He's in he's in his early thirties. Uh, he's at one hundred and twenty two pounds. Uh, if he's ever going to be ready, he's got to be ready now. So I understand the call out. However, I do favor Stephen Fulton Jr. And by the way, Akhmadaliev probably uh, should he face off against any of those guys. Akhmadaliev obviously being affiliated with uh, the zone. All right. So <laughs> Canada by Foreman just agreed with you. He's like, Aleem gets beat by Fulton and Akhmadaliev. I agree with you too, bro. Yeah. I mean, they're, 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 you know, high level elite level guys. Uh, some of the most skilled fighters in the sport right there. Um, so th- there's that. Uh, I also have to put a little bit of merengue, a little bit of bachata, a little bit of sasquim, all right? On the name of mi hermano caribeño, Edwin de los Santos, all right? Woo! He showed up and knocked out friend of the channel, okay? Rayo Valenzuela. It was a shocker, man. This dude came out of nowhere one day's notice, one day's notice, all right, to Compariata, Kenny, all right, from the DR. What were your thoughts on that fight? I'm going to let you talk about that one. I I was super impressed, but I want to hear from you. Uh, one thing I got to say before you go, 
people got to learn, don't take on Samson Lekowitz fighters on short notice. Don't do it. <laughs> don't do it. He's one of the best talent scouts in the sport of boxing. This dude's combination, punching, footwork, in and out movement, fighting at levels. He did get clipped, getting a little bit too overzealous, but the skill set was there. Kenny, the floor is yours. Yes, sir. De Los Santos, man. He was very, very impressive. Very, very fast. Good footwork. Uh, he, he was very, his hands was fast and worked in combination with the footwork. Had a lot of power. He was a little, uh, uh, when he was getting overzealous, he was a little, a little too crazy on there, which is why he got clipped. But besides that, I think that he looked amazing. And Rajo was not expecting that. He got hit with a Rajo of lightning, bro. Because it was just amazing what De Los Santos was doing. The counter punches, the fast-ass jab, the hook punch that put the man uh, Rajo down to begin with. It was just a, a big shock. The entire fight was a big shock. From the big time that Rajo got buzzed, that you saw his eyes get kind of like squinty, watery, and pink, You, I, I was like, damn, it doesn't look like he's going to have time to recover. And then the way that De Los Santos is swinging those punches is looking crazy right now. Big ups to DR, man, coming up in the game lately. I love to see this shit. I always say this, that we're not only coming up in baseball. We, we starting to go up in other avenues, other sports. Look, sports is a way out in DR. DR is a very broke uh, uh, little island. Uh, Española, that is. Haiti and DR is a little broke little island. And sports are a way out for them. And they're get, starting to get really good at this boxing shit. I'm fucking loving it. And, and Hirajo needs to go back to the drawing board. Uh, Hirajo got his spot taken by De Los Santos. Yeah, and to Chauncey's point, he said De Los Santos' ability to punch in between Rayo's punches was impressive. Absolutely. He wasn't afraid either. No, fearless. I mean, he did take the fight on one day's notice. I saw you tweet out something, Kenny, and it applies to this fight, which is that you got to stay fit. You got to stay in shape. You got to stay training so that you always be ready so that you don't have to get kind of back into shape. And I said this to you last night when we spoke over the phone. I really got to start reaching out to some of these Dominican fighters and trainers because I want to know what's in the mango over there. <laughs> I want to know what's in the mofongo. I want to know what they're doing over there because we've seen a wave of guys recently, especially through the PBC, uh, coming through the 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 pipeline and really putting on impressive performances kenny yeah man i also have to be thankful for to the pbc bro the pbc got all the dominican dudes <laughs> all of them uh dames uh the dude uh uh la salsa ali uh yeah, 135 yeah. Um, yep de los santos they, they got every one of them bro it makes me hype uh you know, big ups to PBC for that, although they do a lot of dumb shit. But it does seem like the, like uh, these Dominican guys are in the right uh, stable being under PBC because it seems like everybody for them to fight is signed under PBC anyway. Uh, um, speaking about Dominicans, uh, uh, supposedly Tank is running from La Salsa Ali. He doesn't want that smoke, DK. Yeah, that's that. That's I mean, everybody's calling out Tank. Um, everybody's calling out Tank. In, including De Los Santos, he wants some a tank. I mean, that would be an exciting fight. <laughs> I mean, Tank's, got, Tank's apparently got business to settle with with Ryan, uh, Ryan Garcia. I, that's the fight I'm hoping to see. But if not, I mean, you know, Haney's tied up, right? Uh, 
I don't know what's going on with Loma, but you know, I don't, I'd like to see that fight too. So we'll, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Loma's supposedly back now. DK, he came, he came for the Usyk fight. I don't want to hear excuses about, I can't come. And supposedly he brought his whole family with him. So no, he did. And he has a, he has a fight coming up against uh, another guy of, of DR extraction out of, out of new England. Um, they're, they're on the top rank card. So we'll, we'll see how that goes. Um, We'll see how that goes. Uh, Abner Mahrez fight, uh, it was a draw. Uh, last one to mention on that undercard. I wasn't really that impressed. Uh, Joey Spencer was a little impressive. Um, he was. That, extremely, not a little. Yeah, I was a, super impressed. Joey Spencer looked good. Joey Spencer looked good. Um, and he took out an undefeated fighter. He's calling out big time names and yeah virtuoso jermaine ortiz exactly that's that's the new englander uh right there that's the new englander uh right there so uh yeah so th- there you go let's get to the main event okay andy ruiz jr hasn't fought since the areola fight where he was dropped Luis ortiz he's fought earlier on a pay-per-view card a lot of people didn't like the fact that it was on pay-per-view but it was he, he took out charles martin who was on the other card taking on Devin Vargas. I wasn't impressed by that. But the main event was a pretty exciting fight. I actually thought that apart from the knockdowns, Luis Ortiz actually fought pretty well behind the right jab, the right hook, and the straight left. Uh, I just think that his age and his legs failed him a little bit, and his punch resistance probably isn't what it used to be. And he was struggling with the, uh, you know, kind of the combination punching between his shots that Andy Ruiz was able to put together. Boy, uh, are those hands fast. They're very fast. Um, you know, I'm, I was a little bit surprised that they didn't figure out a way to kind of jab left hand hook and engage in a lot more clinching. Right. Uh, but you know, for whatever reason, they weren't able to do that. Uh, he did get three knockdowns. Anytime you knock a guy out three times or knock a guy down three times, it's going to be difficult for that guy to recuperate on the scorecards. Uh, and that's what happened. Um, I, I saw Joe Habib from Ringside Reporters still had Luis Ortiz winning. I'd it have, was so close. Uh, you know, I had, I've heard other people say that as well. But when you knock down a guy three times, it's difficult for another guy to come back. I mean, we all remember Juan Manuel Marquez getting knocked down uh, multiple times by Manny Pacquiao and eking out uh, a, a, a draw in, in that fight. Um, was it a draw? I'm fucking losing my mind right now. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's always difficult to, to, to come back, to come back from that. Uh, it was a WBC heavyweight title eliminator fight. And... It should set the winner, in this case, Ruiz, up for a fight with Fury. Let me ask you this. Who would you rather see, Kenny? Fury AJ or Fury Ruiz? Uh, I'm definitely going to go with uh, Fury AJ. Uh, <clears throat> see, I think that in order for Ruiz to be able to do anything against Fury, Ruiz needs to change his whole physical buildup, his whole physical stature. He needs to take a good 20 pounds off of his upper body and move it to his lower body and make his legs much stronger so he's not moving fast, so he can move fast and not talking about, oh, couldn't carry my weight. 
Oh, I got injured. My legs, my ankle. I couldn't put the fuck out of here. Um, it'll also uh, make him that much more powerful. He's super fast. Imagine if he lost some fat and replaced it with some muscle. I'm not saying lose all the fat. You could keep a good amount of the fat, but replace some of that fat with muscle, and I think he'd be ready for Tyson Fury. Those fast hands, uh, if he lost some weight and put some more weight on his leg, his footwork is going to be that much faster. He'd be able to hop in and out and hit Fury with some combinations and get out of the long reach, but he's not going to do this because he says to himself, I feel best when I'm not dieting. I feel best when I'm eating whatever I want and doing boxing trainer and not worrying about my physique. So I'd rather see uh, Fury versus AJ. I think that's much more of a competitive fight than uh, a slow, stubborn, not wanting to lose weight Andy Ruiz. Um, I do have to say a couple of of, uh, swag coach uh, comments. Uh, First one, the braids on Javante Davis look fire. They make his big-ass head look small. Second one is uh andy ruiz and that stupid haircut with the long hair in the top every time that luis ortiz uh hit him with a good punch you will see the hair and the sweat fly off of the hair and looking crazy making the punch look that much more dramatic i have to also say that regardless of the three knockdowns that andy ruiz had in this fight it doesn't matter it was like andy ruiz would knock him down and then lose the remainder of the two and a half minutes of that round there was only two rounds or so uh um, not even. I'm exaggerating. There wasn't maybe two rounds. There was more than two rounds. But in the in the first uh the first round that Ortiz not Ruiz knocked down Ortiz twice, he won that round. The second the second time that he knocked down Ortiz once, he lost the rest of the two and a half uh, other minutes of that round. Literally, I could 100% see how anybody. I could definitely see how anybody could call this fight for Luis Ortiz because I was there too. I'm like, damn. This guy got all the knockdowns. And you could say one or a few of the rounds were swing rounds. You could give those to Ortiz, but then, excuse me, for to Ruiz. But then Ortiz was just convincing, in my opinion, convincingly winning most of the rounds with the jab, the jab, the little footwork, the, the jab, and then coming with the with the with the left here and there. I thought Ortiz uh uh looked amazing compared to his last fight. Um and Ruiz was too tentative, saying that, oh, he was working on his defense. He was seeing all the shots and blah de la de la de la <sighs> It is what it is. I think Luis Ortiz uh, uh, would definitely be better if he was to put also put some more weight on his legs. Because uh, if you notice, as you said earlier, his legs gave out on him. That's why he dropped. If you notice, when he dropped, what folded up under him was his legs, not his waist. His arms didn't go nowhere. His legs just folded, looking like a baby deer. You know what I'm saying? He has too much weight on his upper body for those baby deer legs. So, yeah, Luis Ortiz could use some work. If he continues working, if he stays ready, how I mentioned in that tweet, if he stays ready, he don't got to get ready, and he'll be that much better in his next fight. Um, Yeah, that's that's what I got to say towards uh, Andy Ruiz and Luis Ortiz. Both of them need some physique work. Both of them look good yesterday, and the fight could have 100% been called to go either way. There you go. I'm going to bring on our first of two guests today, uh, Nacho, all right, Ignacio Ortiz. Don Ortiz, how's it going, fam? <laughs> hey, guys. Uh, it's going good. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us. I know you're one of the biggest fans of the heavyweight division, so I wanted to ask you to come on today to talk about the heavyweight division. What were your thoughts on the Ruiz win last night? And, you know, where do you think this situates him in the heavyweight division, Nacho? 
Okay. Uh, as far as the fight last night, I think Kenny probably brought up exactly what I told a couple of people last night. There was too many dead spots in that fight, not enough action. Uh, that fight was set up for Andy to look good. He's getting a guy who legitimately should have lost his last fight. Uh, he was saved by his power. I mean, th this was as, as big of a, a uh, what do you call it, showcase for Andy Ruiz as you can get. And the fact that he went 12 rounds with this guy is a huge indictment on Ruiz at this point in time. You're 32 years old. You're the younger, faster guy. You're being showcased to look good in order to be brought in as an opponent for another name somewhere down the line. And you go 12 rounds with a 43-year-old vet who doesn't have much left in the tank. I mean, that's a bad look for Andy, to be honest. Um, I just think, honestly, at, at this point, Andy Ruiz is just kind of cannon fodder for anybody in the top 10. I, I don't see him being a legit contender unless that kid legitimately gets down into the 240s because his body is not built to carry 270 pounds. It's just not. He needs to lose about 25 to 30 more pounds in order for him to be a real contender. And it's just comical that uh, when you were watching these uh, PPC countdown shows, they made it look like, oh, my God, this guy's training his ass off. He's running on the beach. You know, he's in the gym working out multiple times a day. And then you see him weigh in, and he looks like he hadn't sparred or done a damn sit-up the entire time that he was getting ready for this fight. It's like, come on, man. Like, I'm over it. Like, at this point, he is who he is. He's just, he's a guy who's an underachiever at this point. You know, he had his moment in the sun. He won uh, the titles from Joshua a few years ago. He let the fame and the money get to him, and it cost him. And to be honest, I don't ever see him climbing back up the, the top of the mountain again at this point. It's interesting you say that, Nacho, because fight after fight with Ruiz, somehow I get fooled with the photos and the videos. He's got like an Not me. He's got an uncanny ability to make himself look shredded. Photoshop, baby. On 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 social media, I mean, uh, like I told uh like I told Mike Montero on his show, uh, guys, I wasn't falling for the okie doke after the the second Joshua fight where he said he was training and then he showed up at 283 pounds. I said, uh-uh, you're not fooling me with that again. So I was like, nope, unless I see it in the ring, I don't believe it. And guess what? He showed up exactly the same way, fat and sloppy, you know? 268. And yeah. I was I, I'm living I live in New York City. I, I was there actually for for the weigh-in too when before he fought Joshua. And I stood near him. Uh, he's not six foot three, he's not six foot two. I, I'd question even if he's six foot one. I think he's about five eleven, maybe six foot tall. For him to be two sixty-eight, that's very heavy uh for yeah. him, for a guy that height. But he seems to believe that he can't take heavyweight punches unless he's carrying that weight. In fact, he mentioned that after the fight, that if he weighed 20 pounds less, he wouldn't have been able to take the shots. I kind of find that hard to believe. Kenny, I see you shaking your head. Kenny, what are your thoughts? I think that's a crack of shit. That's excuses to not 
take life as serious as it should be taken. He's a heavyweight boxer, bro. Just put yourself on a diet, my guy. Like, literally, just continue doing the workouts that you're doing right now and put yourself on a diet. It doesn't even have to be a super strict diet where you're miserable. I'm telling you, if he even did a slight little diet, you'd probably see him lose, like, 25 pounds, like like mm-hmm. that, like that. But, yeah. but but he loves his Snickers, he loves his pizza and his tacos and mm-hmm. his burritos, and he's not going to give any of that shit up. My yep. thing is, 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 like I said earlier, take away 25 pounds from his upper body, add 15 of those 25 pounds to his uh, hamstrings and his quads and his calves, and add the other 10 in uh, muscle to his shoulders and his lats, his upper back. I guarantee you his punching power will be way up there. Oh, and also like two, three pounds to his neck muscle to be able to take those punches that he can't take, you know? So if he did this, he'd be a completely different fighter. He'd be way faster, way more powerful, and his footwork would be that much more faster where he'd be cutting the distance to these long reach fighters like this because the legs are stronger and can carry that the, the extra weight. But... No, he doesn't need those at the excess 30, 40 pounds that he's wearing to take the heavyweight punches. If anything, he was too tentative. He seemed a little scared yesterday to even let his hands go. Um, even when he was hurting Ortiz, you saw he got clipped and, and buzzed himself. It is what it is. I think it's more of a mental thing with Andy Ruiz than it is uh, uh, like a, a physical. It was both physical and mental, but it is mostly mental because he thinks that he needs to keep this weight on, like like Maestro said, in order to be able to take those punches, which I think is complete bullshit. Just train yourself properly. That's it. That's it. Well, there you go. Look, uh, I got to agree with a word that you you said or a term you used there, Don Nacho. You said cannon fodder. Um I think for a while, the PBC has been setting up Ortiz to be, sorry, Ruiz, uh, to be a an opponent for, for Wilder. Um, PBC likes to match its African-American fighters up with Mexicans and Argentinians and, you know, people of other nationalities. Uh, you know, he did do good numbers at the Staples Center, or sorry, a Crypto.com Arena. Um are you at all high on his chances in a fight with 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 uh, Wilder? Given that Wilder's coming off of two losses, do you think that would be competitive? Like, how how do you see that fight going? Honestly, man, unless he gets in shape, I don't see it being competitive. Because last night was a perfect example <clears throat> of why he needs to lose weight. If he was twenty pounds lighter. The stuff he did where he actually beat Ortiz to the punch and knocked him down, he would be able to do that all fight long instead of just in spurts. And that's his biggest problem is that he fights in spurts. He doesn't fight all all three minutes of every round or even the majority of the rounds because he's so fat and he's so out of shape that he probably fears that if he goes hard in one or two rounds – He'll be completely gassed for the rest of the fight because of all that excess weight that he has on his frame. If he legitimately got down into the 240s, I think he could be a problem for anybody in the division. The problem is, is that, like uh, Kenny said, he would prefer to stuff his face than to be dedicated and actually, you know, uh, be a legitimate pro, train like a pro fighter, basically. He, he just wants to be a part-time fighter, it feels, you know, it feels like that. A lot of times with him. 
I tend to agree. And one last thing on Andy Ruiz, Kenny, real quick, because we got another guest coming on shortly, is that I think a lot of his speed issues, because uh, his feet are very slow. I mean, it cannot help your speed. I, as a matter of fact, I'm not. I'm stating it. It doesn't help your speed. It hinders your speed when you are that size and carrying 268 pounds. It just does. It, it's not helpful to, to your speed. Uh, Nacho, uh, last thoughts, Fury versus uh, Joshua. Does it happen? I honestly think it, it probably will happen mm-hmm. only because of the fact that um, Fury, to me, has done any and everything to kind of uh, dismiss Usyk, and I think he really wants no part of that guy. I think his style and his skills give Fury fits, and I think he knows it, and I think he's trying to do everything he can to minimize Usyk as a heavyweight, calling him a middleweight, calling him a blown-up cruiserweight, you know, just basically disrespecting the man. And to me, it's just, it's an indictment on what Fury really thinks is that I think in his own mind, he knows he's not going to be able to win that fight easily. So he's trying to basically put it out there in the general public that, oh, Usyk isn't anybody. Yeah, he beat Joshua, but he's not anybody. He's not a real heavyweight. He's not this. He's not that. In reality, all of us who follow the fight game, we know that that man is going to create problems for him. And that's why he's trying to discount what he's done uh, so far in his career. And I wouldn't be surprised if Fury tries to convince Joshua to take that fight because he wants a huge payday in the UK without having to take a huge risk like he would against Usyk. That's the biggest difference. Against Joshua, he's fighting a guy who's lost his last two fights in a row and and doesn't have the highest of confidence right now in his abilities. So he would be like a sitting duck for Fury at this point. It would be an, a very easy win. Fair assessment. Uh, Don Nacho, thank you so much for joining us, man. I really appreciate it, and I hope you'll be back with us soon. Yes, thank you, guys. Thank you, Nacho. Catch you later, brother. Uh, right. one, one thing I do have to add before you bring the next guest is about Andy Ruiz, and that is that whether we like it or not, we like him or not, we like his work ethic or not, we like his fitness routine or not, or we like him as a boxer or not. The man's going to be around for a long time. He's the only Mexican heavyweight. And if you heard that stadium yesterday, not one person was screaming for Ortiz. It was all Ruiz cheers. They love Ruiz. Yeah, this is true. Uh, we're joined now by the one and only Mr. Mike Montero. Thank you for joining us, my friend. I really appreciate you coming on. Thanks for uh, having me. No, 100%. If you don't follow Mike, follow him on Twitter. Make sure you check out... Montero on boxing, and he's got a great show that I was actually watching while I was setting up this show uh, cool. he, uh, on the Ring uh, Digital channel. So, Mike, thank you so much for, for joining us. I want to get right into the topic that we started to show off with you, and then I want to ask you something else, and it, it's about the Devin Haney thing, so prepare for that. Oh, uh, shit. Okay. All right. Uh, look, it, it dropped actually while you, you were doing your show. Um AJ said that he's ready to go in December. Uh, he actually responded to Fury on, on Instagram, uh, said that Fury should get in contact with his team. 
to stop going back and forth on social media, that he's ready to go in December, ready to make it happen. But what are your thoughts on Fury versus AJ and not Fury versus Usyk, Mike? Well, I mean, obviously it makes a lot more money for for those parties, right? Um, There's more money in a, even coming off two straight losses, there's more money in a Fury-AJ fight than a Fury-Usyk fight. And it's sad, but that's just the way it is. But all this is bullshit. None of these people are fighting again this year. Usyk ain't fighting again. Fury ain't fighting again. Joshua ain't fighting again this year. It's possible Joshua gets in there against like a top 15, top 20 guy, and they can clout chase and say, hey, we called Fury out. He don't want none. And he gets in there and fights Chisora or some shit. You know, I, that could happen. Um, but Fury ain't fighting again this year, man. I've just, I have muted him on all social. I like Fury, but I've muted him. I can't do it no more, man. He's so bipolar. He's so up and down. Like I, I just can't do it. So I, I'm just ignoring the noise. I really feel that we're going to get Fury Usyk next spring, something like that. Uh, if we don't, it says a lot about Tyson Fury. So you you were not buying into what I was joking about earlier, which is that he is a graceful, benevolent uh, king. He's a monarch. He's he's, Shit. A, he's, he's a charlatan, man. <laughs> it is what it is, you know. But I love watching the guy fight. Yeah. He's a charlatan. It just is what it is. So uh, thoughts on, because we didn't talk about this uh, earlier in the show, and I wanted to touch upon it. Is Juan Francisco Estrada still an elite guy at 115 at his advanced age, or, or did we see telltale signs on, on Saturday night of maybe some slippage? Is he, I'm just going to yeah. he he didn't look as good as I expected him to uh, against Cortez, a guy who's never fought at this level before. Yeah, yeah, a lot of people agree with you, and, and I do too. Um, here's the thing. It, was it slippage, or was it maybe he taking this guy lightly? Maybe he wanted to get in some rounds. Maybe he didn't want to screw up the December 3rd date. We've seen this before, man, because I think I think a little bit of this is the same thing with Andy Ruiz this weekend against Luis Ortiz because he's going to fight Wilder. They've got that set up for next spring, Fox pay-per-view already. So if you know you've got that big payday ahead and you've got the big fight ahead, you're looking ahead and you don't want to mess that up. You don't want to hurt your hand. You don't want to tear something, pull something. So maybe he was pulling back a little bit. Maybe he took the kid lightly. Maybe there is some ring rust. Maybe it's slippage. I honestly don't know, man. But I expect a much better version of Estrada against Chocolatito December 3rd. I really do. Uh, right to you in a sec, Kenny, because I want your thoughts on the Estrada performance as well. But does the Estrada that showed up Saturday beat Bam Rodriguez or Kazuto Ioka? No. Uh, Bam Rodriguez, hell no. Ioka possibly, uh, but I don't think so. I, I really don't think so. I'm I'm saying no one, both of those yeah. persons. Kenny, Kenny, what are your thoughts on on Estrada over the weekend? I I agree with you with both of you guys. It was very lackluster. He was getting countered a lot. The guy was landing just as much punches. Orgy or whatever his nickname was was landing just as much punches on Estrada as Estrada was land, landing on Orgy. You know, I figured that Estrada was going to get the win because nobody knows who Orgy is and a lot of times boxing gets a little popularity contest type of thing when the fight is super duper close like that you know I just it was lackluster I don't think that uh, the version of Estrada that fought Saturday would beat Chocolatito or any of the other guys that you just mentioned I don't think he beats any of them he, he was getting hit way 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 too much and he just looked a step like a step slower than he previously did 
like his punches were just being lit, like his mind was working like just slightly slower than what it used to or something. Maybe he was out the ring for too long. Who knows? Yeah, uh, Mike, were you taking notes on Saturday in terms of your end of the year stuff with the ring? And I got to read the dude's name. Uh, Sivanathy Nothinga. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, it's a tough one. You 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 finished my thought because that that's got to be early consideration for fight of the year, right? Yeah, you know, I was talking about that in my show earlier, and what a performance, um, breakout performance, and I think that that's going to be the fight of the year for like boxing nerds, right? Guys that do have pound for pound lists, guys that talk about this shit all the time, like we do, right? People like us. But for the casual fan, I don't think it's going to break through because they're little, little, little dudes, 108 pounds. My wife is petite and she's bigger than these dudes, right? So I just don't know if it like ESPN and, and mainstream platforms like that. I don't even think those guys watch that fight. If we're being honest, most of the ESPN staff has no idea that there's a 108 pound division. So I don't think it's going to win on those platforms, but diehard boxing fans, boxing nerds, I, I do think it's got to be up there uh, in the top candidate for fight of the year. Absolutely. Uh, I'm going to answer a question from Nando. He says, how has Yoka managed to never fight Gallo, Choco, Sordongbisai? Dude is 32 years old. I took the question straight to Eddie. There is zero interest from these promoters in the UK and in the US of bringing that guy out here and matching him against their champions. There just isn't. Uh, one of the more frustrating things for me as a boxing fan is having to tune in to streams uh, early in the morning during the week because for whatever reason, Japan, they put these things on on like Tuesday mornings for us at like 4 a.m. Yeah. And having to watch these fights that don't get televised here in the United States, I asked Eddie Hearn directly about it and he essentially showed very little interest in anything to do with Japanese lower weight class fighters. Uh, I mean, in a way, it's kind of broken through. Mike, you got any thoughts on that one? Yeah, so a lot of the uh, the Japanese cars, they'll do stuff on like a Thursday night, Wednesday night, uh, because they they go after the business crowd. And a lot of the businessmen will, will leave meetings and things like that and then take their international clients and stuff to these fights. So they do really good numbers over there on weeknights. I wish more American promoters would think like that. But um, yeah, I mean... They have a business over there. Those those little Japanese fighters do very very well, and you know they're going to try to drag some of the you know Western fighters over there. They're not going to want to go. So I, unfortunately, with the like really low weight divisions, you kind of have a couple of different businesses right now, and they're not really talking to each other. I hope that changes because the Japanese fighters are tough, and I want to see these guys. I mean, even in a way, there's a lot of guys at 115. I wish he, we could have seen him fight. You know what I mean? He's cleaning out 118, but it would have been great to see him against everybody at 115. But there seems to be like two different worlds. And uh, hopefully Top Rate can break that up a little bit with what they're doing with Inouye. And we can see a little bit of mixing and matching with these guys. But um, right now, yeah, they, they have a, a solid business over there with what they're doing with these guys. And I don't see that changing anytime soon. Yeah, and it's a similar story with Donny Nietes, too. I mean, how many yes. times do you see Donny Nietes fight over here? Who's a, a Hall of Famer in my books, but it's like zero name recognition in the U.S. or in Europe because he spent his entire career fighting out in Asia. So mm. I got to ask you about this because uh, I, I didn't do a show last week, and the news dropped with Eddie – I'm sorry, with uh, – not Eddie um, – with Devin Haney uh, getting a little upset with the Ring magazine. Oh, yeah. Um, 
It was his dad. It was really his dad. I sorry, I'll, I'll shut up. Go ahead. Sorry. No, I want I want your perspective on the whole situation and kind of where where uh, you think things stand in terms of ranking Haiti. I'm uh, sorry, Haney amongst the the, the sports elites at, 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 as a fighter. So. I can't speak for anybody else involved in the whole thing. I, I know that Doug actually talked to Bill Haney on the phone, Doug Fisher, and they hashed it out. And Bill Haney, if you take him at his word, basically told Doug, um, he honestly thought that like, if you have a ring magazine belt, that basically means you're pound for pound and you're on the pound for pound list. And Doug had to explain to him, no, that's not the way it works. And he even talked about when um, Josh Taylor won the ring belt, when he beat Progray, we didn't put him in the pound for pound list. Uh, we didn't put him in there until he got until basically cleaned out the whole division. And there are other recent examples like that. So Haney's not the first guy that didn't get on the pound for pound list when he got a ring belt or undisputed. We've had other guys before that kind of had to wait. And it really, it's just it's who you have fought. You can be the top guy in a division and not be on the pound for pound list. Devin Haney is the top lightweight in the world. Nobody can deny that. He's the undisputed champion. Now, he's not the guy who cleaned out the division. He's not the guy who did the dirty work and, and unified all the belts. He got in there in a very advantageous situation and fought Cambosos and won undisputed that way. Props to him for doing it. He had to sign a deal with top rank. He had to sign on for a rematch clause. He had to travel. He didn't even know if he could bring his father. Let's be honest, guys. He did a lot of things. Would Ryan Garcia do that? Would Javante Davis do that? No, Devin Haney did it. So he deserves credit. However, is he more accomplished than the top 10 fighters in the world? The guys who over the last four or five years have cleaned out a division or won titles in multiple divisions. Is he more accomplished than them for beating Joseph Diaz Jr.? Because that's still his best win. It's not Cambosos. Haney's best win is Joseph Diaz Jr. Is that does that supersede uh, the other guys we have ranked? Jermel Jerm Charlo? Even Josh Taylor, who who you know had a real close fight with Catterall, I think he's going to beat Catterall big in the rematch. By the way, um, but he wasn't 100 going into that fight. But like the other guys we have on the list, Haney's not there yet. I think he will be. I actually think Shakur Stevenson's further along pound for pound than Devin Haney. I think Stevenson's done more pound for pound work, even though he's not an undisputed champion. I think Haney will get there. He's just not there yet. And it's just like, dude, just be patient. You're going to get there. But you don't get there from beating Cambosos and Joseph Diaz Jr. That, that's not pound for pound. I I, I can agree with, with the argument generally. I think the major issue was the inclusion of Lomachenko uh, on the okay. list. So I'm, I'm giving you a you – I know where you're going with that because, yeah, Lomachenko is just – he is a guy that really, really divides opinion, man. Uh, um whether he deserves it or not. And I know some Lomachenko fans are just, they're, they're annoying because they think he's the greatest fighter in the world and he could beat Muhammad Ali and Joe Lewis on the same night. Okay. It, personally, and I want to put this on the record. I, I have not had Lomachenko in my personal top 10 all year because he's been inactive. He's off. He's, I have Shakur Stevenson ahead of Lomachenko right now. But pound for pound, I still got Loma ahead of Haney. I got Loma like 11 or 12, and I got Haney like 12, 13. Because look at the work Lomachenko's done in a pound-for-pound -pound sense just in the last, let's say, three or four years. It supersedes what Haney has done recently. 
So even though Rahini is the undisputed lightweight champion, even though he's done the better work over the last year because Lomachenko hasn't been active, I still don't put Haney in my top 10. I don't put Loma in my top 10 either, but I don't think would anybody out there say that Haney has a better resume than Lomachenko? I don't think anybody would say that now in 2021, 2022. Sure. Sure. But overall, no. So, so I don't have Loma in my top 10. I want that on the record. I do think he's one of the elite operators in the sport, but he hasn't been active. Right. But um, other people in the ring ratings panel have them up there. And, and you know what? It's a democratic process, brother. We, we have, there's people all over the world that contribute to it. And I'm only one voice from, you know, I've been saying we should pull Loma out for inactivity. Other people uh, voted that down. Uh, there you go. Uh, Kenny, any thoughts? I just think people give way too much credibility to the ring belt. Who gives a fuck about it? Uh, the other four sanctioned bodies are the actual real belts. Fuck the ring belt. Fuck the pound for pound rankings. You putting too much gas and hype on that shit. These boxers discredit and downplay their own careers and their own abilities by giving so much hype to this list that it's not backed by any facts. There's no facts in the backing of this. It's all, well, I think... This guy is more handsome and has more muscles, and he's fat and he's faster. You know, I like the color of his boxing trunks. He's number one. I, I can, like, I can, I can officially say that's never been said in in any ring ring panel discussion. I'm, I'm I know where you're going, though. I, <laughs> let me do. Let me say this though, Kenny. Yeah, I have been told by literally dozens of fighters in the very short time I've been working, I've contributed to ring. Um, they are so happy and so proud just to be featured in the magazine. We all grew up reading that shit. And whether you agree with everything or not, it's clear that in terms of strictly dedicated boxing media, there is no more reputable or, or historical platform than ring. You know what I'm saying? So I can't tell you how many dudes have like texted me, called me and said, yo, Mike, I got my, the article you wrote in uh, the magazine this week. Dude, I framed that shit. I'm talking about world champions. Okay, I'm not going to name names, but it would surprise you. These dudes have the ring magazine framed up on their wall more so than their own fucking belts. Now, not all the time, but I there are cases where that's happened. So, so the fighters dig it, dude. You might not, but I, I'm telling you, and that's why Haney got mad, because let me tell you something. Haney ain't in ESPN's pound for poundless either, but he oh. didn't bitch about that. No, he I was would... mad that he wasn't on Ring's list because he don't give a fuck about ESPN because no one does. Yeah, I, I, look, I was about to say that uh, in, in response to these lists. I think the list that most people give the most credence to is the Ring list. And when people talk about lineal, look, they're, they're, there's definitely a division amongst fans of those who kind of rate uh, – the sanctioning body belts and then rate kind of the ring belt and then rate, you know, pound for pound list and don't rate pound for pound list. The ring pound for pound list I've always felt was more credible uh, than ESPN's list. I, I I look at ESPN's list. There's no method. There's no methodology. There's no rhyme or reason to it. It's well, there's a rhyme or reason. Well, yeah. Logic. Click, 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 ad revenue, click, ad revenue. That's the reason. Yeah, there you go. I, I, everything everything Kenny said applies 100% to the ESPN 
listing and rankings of things. Um, historically, uh, you know, I, that the ring does matter. I remember being a kid and buying, buying the issues, you know, okay. um, I remember, you know, I, I've used it on this show multiple times to like go through top 10 fighters in divisions and everything else. Uh, and like you saw Tyson Fury, you know, championing the belt and everybody from Bernard Hopkins to others. So th there is that, I think that there is a younger generation though, Mike, you know, especially guys that follow the likes of a uh, tank Davis or Ryan Garcia, Yes. Who put like no importance on it at all. And that actually extends to the other title belts uh, as well. So I, I listen, I appreciate you coming on, Mike, and um, sharing your views on that and on the other things about the heavyweight division, Estrada and everything else. Quickly, though, give me a prediction if you can, or just a, a quick thought about this all women's card headline this Saturday um, by Clarissa Shields, the Guo and uh, Savannah Marshall. So I just did a detailed uh, breakdown on my show. Um, look, there's, <laughs> I know who the fan favorites are in both of these fights, but I'm telling you, th it's not the hardest fights to predict. Shields is going to win a decision. It's going to be close. And Mayer is going to beat the box circles around Bumgarner. I'd love to see Bumgarner win that fight. I would. Um, I, I like Alicia, but Michaela Mayer has the skill set, the height, the length. And just look at the level of experience, dude. Um, she had, I think, over 100 amateur fights right around there. Um, Bob Garner had like 10 in a losing record as an amateur for, from what I've been able to dig up. And she had her, her best best uh, win as a pro was against Terry Harper. Mayor has just a better resume. I think she wins a decision. The main event, here's what's interesting, real quick. Everybody talks about Savannah Marshall beating Clarissa Shields in the amateurs. Clarissa was 17. Okay, Marshall was 21. She had about 40 or so, 35, 40 amateur fights by then. Clarissa had uh, like 14. She was just a pup, just learning. And that was in 2012 at the World Championships. That same year at the Olympics, what happened? Marshall lost in the quarterfinals. The girl that beat Marshall, Shields beat her, won the gold medal. Same thing happened in 2016 in Rio. The girl that beat Marshall in the quarter quarterfinals, uh, Shields beat her. And and won the the gold uh, gold medal again, so I just think that there's been such growth for, for Clarissa Shields. She's a grown woman. Um, the only thing I question going into the fight with Marshall is her mentality. Can she mentally handle everything? Because um, and it's up to her corner to keep her calm. But on paper, I like Shields by close decision, possibly split decision, and uh, Mayor maybe one sixteen, one twelve, one seventeen, one eleven, somewhere in there. Well, there you go. And the other thing to mention, too, about Savannah Marshall losing in 2012 is she was also fighting at home in um, Great Britain. Um, That's right. So yeah. that it, even more so, you can put a little emphasis on that. Uh, I'm actually looking forward to the fight, though. I think it's going to be a tremendous atmosphere out there. And, uh, yeah, I, I, you know, my, my brain tends to agree. I think the one thing I like about this matchup is the punching power that Savannah Marshall supposedly brings, although it's at the lower level, so we don't know. That's and the thing. That being kind of an intangible that keeps you interested and excited in the fight. Because typically when I watch a Clarissa Shields fight, I know what's going to happen round after round after round after round. Right. Um, you know, I'm, you know, I'm going to watch this fight maybe thinking that at any moment, I don't know, George Foreman, Michael Moore moment might pop right. up. Where you know you never know because it happened, it happened. Yeah, yeah, it could, it could. 
You know what I mean? But overall, I, I, I tend to agree 100%, uh, Mike. Mike, I, I want to be respectful of your time, and I, I thank you for joining us tonight. I want everybody to uh, check out Mike Montero on Twitter, at Mike Montero. Um, check out Montero on Boxing, and check out the Neutral Corner Mondays, 5 p.m. Eastern. Boom. Right? That's it. On the uh, Ring Digital platform. Mike, thank you so much for coming on, brother. Thanks for having me, gentlemen. Have a good one. Absolutely. You too. Ciao. So uh, that was none other than Mike Montero from Ring Magazine. Um, there you go, Kenny. Uh, any thoughts on anything we discussed with Mike or on the Shields Marshall win before? I know you got to get going. Yeah, I do got to get going. Uh, I got Shields, uh, hands down, GOAT. It's going to be uh, UD, just like Mike said. Uh, also, uh, definitely didn't mean no disrespect to Michael Ring Magazine. Just stating my thoughts on how, you know, the other four belts, I think, carry and hold more weight than the Ring Magazine belt. And then and then the pound-for-pound pound rankings, I was talking about pound-for-pound pound overall, not comparing Ring or to ESPN or anything like that, you know. But, uh, yeah, it is what it is. The way I feel about the Ring and pound-for-pound pound rankings, that is what it is. WBC, WBA, and the rest of them are way more important and that's just that. It is what it is. And, yeah, I do have to get going. Uh, you guys all take care. Have a great one. Absolutely, Kenny. Thank you so much, fam. And uh, we'll, we'll be back uh, with you. I'll just close it out over here on uh, on this side uh, for everybody. And um, we'll, we'll talk later, bro. Sounds good, brother. We'll talk later. Everybody have a great evening. Take care. See you all next week. I may see you on my own channel. We're going to see. Later. There you go. So, yeah, that was an interesting discussion, guys. Uh, Mike Montero came on. Our, uh, you know, friend Nacho came on to talk boxing. Um, Interesting discussion there. Uh, Yeah, look, uh, I kind of saw both sides of things when it came to the Ring argument. Um, I've been a long-term fan of the Ring magazine myself. And uh, I also am big on Devin Haney. Um, I can kind of see where Devin Haney was coming from or with, uh, you know, wanting to kind of get some respect uh, from an organization whose belt he's carrying. And um, I think the major thing there was the Lomachenko inclusion, because I think a case can easily be made that Devin Haney's not 10 pound for pound if you uh, care about those things. Um, But uh, yeah, look, I want to thank everybody for jumping on Mano Amano uh, here with me tonight. I'm going to do a, a members-only stream, and I'm going to drop the link to that in the chat uh, in a moment so that any of the uh, the members can can come over and, and talk boxing for a little bit uh, with me. And, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll continue discussion over there for a few minutes. All right? But uh, thank you, guys. We're going to... Tell you when we're going to be live again next for Mano a Mano. It's not going to be at this time because I'm going to be back to school teaching, much like my brother Tony P, Tony Pugilism. All right. As uh, he says, hit the like button, please. All right. Hit that subscribe button if you're not a member or, or a sub. Consider joining the uh, memberships. And uh, we'll keep the convos going because if it's not for mano a mano, all right, it is going to be for a punch. Gorilla than the planet of the apes. I ride a punchline and plan it on your face. 
Eat a punch that you ain't even got a taste. Here's a shot that you ain't even got a chase. And that's it, guys. Mano a mano. Yeah. 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 Chrome hearts at the Caesar's Palace. I was a sneaker savage, undefeated baggage. K-Bar, you can be established. A 230s, that's 69s. You can eat a salad while you feed a phallus. I speak in palettes that compete with graphics. At the speed of cheetah gallops at indecent average. Chopsticks when I be eating garrets. Philippe for seating Barris, you can't see the marriage. That's why I started this in Vegas. Proposed to my toast, Neo's married to the Matrix. But I hate this bitch like I'm married to a racist. An addict, so the kilos get buried in the basements. Speed the wagon like Rio's vicarious, vivacious. Patois, noir, but the Creole is basic. So when I'm around them Haitians, I don't even say shit. Last album sounded like I was signed to a spaceship. Brain was on drugs and my eyes was on LASIK. And the shit got legs, I don't think that I can chase it with rocket power ASICs. But the next one's coming with cases and witness protection facelifts. For the fans, why hit them with kabams when the germaphobe jab can wash a nigga with hands? I am not in my feelings, I'm in my glands. I am not no bitch, I'm in a trance. Pandemic gimmicks got niggas all in the scams. Panhandling brilliance put lyrics all in their hands. Alan Watts got Watts living without a plan. But I want the smokes while the kitchen ain't got no fans. L, 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 L.